Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. Buckle up. Get ready for your heart to be activated and open. Be ready to receive this episode with a full heart because it is incredible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have a special guest. We have Amanda Goolsby here on the show. Amanda is an advisor and an investor for entrepreneurs who are here to make a positive impact on the planet. With over 17 years' experience in the fitness and wellness industry and 17 years since she opened her first LLC at 18 years old, Amanda is an entrepreneur, a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. She lives differently and believes that her life's purpose is to show others that they can co-create whatever reality they desire. Amanda, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And it was so cool to be able to meet you in Tulum. Me and Amanda met in unusual circumstances because there was a hurricane happening. And Amanda was just like standing in her power, like, boom, boom, boom. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you guys all to shelter. It was just a perfect little example of everything else that she does bigger in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I know that was wild. I was like, what do you mean we have to evacuate our hotel? (laughs) Oh yeah, I was so resistant. I was in the I was in the co-working space working up until the minute until they said now it's time to go. I'm like, okay, fine, I surrender now. I release like attachments, let's get on the road and drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we didn't die, but we didn't die. We didn't die. And like the rebel nature we have, we did not go with the what they advised for us to do. We made our own plan and made it an epic fucking adventure. Um, and Bacalar, which was so fun. Oh, my gosh. So, so you opened your first LLC at 18 years old. Yeah, literally the week I turned 18. I had been dating a guy through my senior year of high school who was a personal trainer. And I had been working at a gym. And I remember like he was he was yeah, he was like seven years older than me. And I remember being like, well, he's not really that much smarter than me. I can surely I can take this personal training test and pass it. And so I studied for like the first six months of my senior year. And then right when my, when my birthday came, I took my ACE certification test and I opened my LLC and I got insurance and I started training clients one-on-one in the gym, like where, uh, in my hometown. That's epic. And I love that it was like someone that you knew gave you that permission because it was like, well, if they could do it, I could do it just by association. Totally. totally. Yeah. So I'd love to hear um, a little bit about, you know, the, I, I something you posted recently that just resonated so much that I feel called to share is you posted something on Instagram talking about, it has to be a win three ways around. Has to be a win for mm. you, has to be a win for the person you work with, and has to be a win for the planet. Um I'd love just to hear a little bit more on your philosophy of how and the types of work that you do and why you do it the way you do it. Mm, Yeah. So I believe that one of the most important things that's needed right now in our world is leadership and leadership in order to lead this world into transformation in order to lead the world into a new, a new reality where there's less death and suffering and there's more love and abundance. 
it requires people to actually think about not just themselves anymore. Yep. And when you look at so much of the online space and you look at how different people, marketers, people online, and and just in business in general, so often business transactions are a win for one person. They're a win for the person selling the product and that's it. And they're not a win for the person buying it. And it's not a win for everyone else that's in the community or the collective around it or the system or the organization. A lot of times it's a win just for one person. And unfortunately, that's the old way of doing business. And so if we don't start creating change and standing for something different and saying, you know what, I'm not just going to do things anymore just because they're a win for me. If it's a win for me and it's not a win for you, I'm not, I'm not a yes. And if it's a win for me and it's a win for you, but by us doing this is really not a win for the planet, I'm also not a yes because our time is so finite. We have such a finite amount of time and yet it's infinite, which is so odd to think about. It's like this endless boundless thing that exists and it's finite and we have a limited amount of it each year, each day, each moment. So it's like that, that awareness of how am I spending my time and who am I investing my gifts into? And like, who am I giving my superpower, superpowers to? Because I spent a lot of years in business as a woman, giving my superpowers to businesses and to people who didn't really appreciate them. And in that case, it wasn't a win for me because I wasn't being honored and valued for my gifts. So it didn't matter how much money I made. It still wasn't a win for me because I wasn't being honored. And so as I've continued my own growth and development and, and studying of leadership and different types of leadership, I've really come to the decision that number one, I'm only going to give people my gifts if what they plan to do when they make millions of dollars is to do something good. And if they're not going to, I'm not going to give my gifts anymore. I can't, I literally can't do it. And I just tell them that, Hey, I just don't think it's going to be a good fit. I'll gladly introduce you to someone else. So that's what, why I believe in win-win-win so much is because in any agreement, if it's a win for me and it feels like a win for you, and then it's also we can say, wow, yeah, this is a win for our team or for the organization or for our community or for the collective, whatever it is. It's like, great, that's an effective use of all of our times and we can all feel really good in integrity making whatever deal is on the table. That's so powerful. And those are like high standards and integrity for the work that you do, knowing your superpower. Have you always known it was your superpower or was it something mm. that you held, but then like, was there initiations that then helped you see like, oh, this is a superpower? You're saying like, was having high standards of integrity always my superpower? Is that the question? Well, it sounds like you have high standards of integrity. I but do. Is that a part of your superpower or is your superpower something mm. you identify as something different? And have you always had it? It's just, I guess it's kind of a multiple yeah. layers. Yeah. I'd say at the core of who we all are, we're all integrous. We're all integrous. We're all built. When we come out, we're not dece deceitful. We don't come out of the womb deceitful. We learn deceit. We learn that behavior. Mm -hmm. We learn to lie. We learn to not tell our truth. And so I had many years in business where I am not proud of the person that I was. I had affairs in my 20s. I had times where 
I was not at all integrous in how I was showing up. And that was painful as fuck. And the amount of healing that I had to do coming out of those situations to actually sit with myself and write letters to the women that I knew were pained by my actions, even if they, they didn't ever read them because they were just in my journals. I had to let go of that shame and the guilt that sat from the choices that I had made. And then I had to choose different because you have two options in life. Keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over again or fucking do something differently. That's it. Two choices. You choose. Keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results and being miserable because you keep making the same choice over and over again or choose differently and then make, have a different, different outcome, a different reality. So once I started choosing that and saying, oh, wow, Amanda, you don't like how it feels when you're out of integrity with yourself. So be in fucking integrity. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. Why do we make it so hard? <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting, the different stories, because I think of different times in the past where I was out of integrity with myself, that it felt easier to be integrity with other people, but I was out of integrity with myself. But that's yeah. still the same fucking thing because no. it's still the effect. It's, it's actually worse. <laughs> it's actually worse because if you're not in integrity with yourself, you're actually never in integrity with the other because it always starts with self. Self-integrity, then integrity with source, then integrity with the other. Self-source, other. Self-source, other. Self-source, other. If you're going opposite of that, oh, I'm going to be integrity with others, but not with God and with myself or with nature and with myself or with the universe and myself. Nope, doesn't work. You're still out of integrity all the way through the chain. It's rippling because everything starts here. Mm. My whole body just got goosebumps hearing that. It resonates so deeply. That's such a big part of my story as well. And so I'm so grateful that you shared that. Whew. Mm. Mm-hmm. So something that I was drawn to you from the moment I met you was how you carry yourself uh, and the energy that you put off to whatever group that you're in. And I know that that's intentional because I know everything that you do is intentional based off the conversations we've had and the energy I felt just by being around you. So do you have, or like what comes to mind when you think about the intention that you bring into how you live your life? Cause I know a big mm. part of that is your feminine energy, but also your ability to connect with source in such a playful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm. Same thing. I lived a lot of years of my life, not with intention. And it was fucking painful. It was painful. It was painful to sell drugs at 21 years old and be out of integrity and know, man, am I living with intention? No, I wasn't living with intention. I was living out of complete energetic of fear and scarcity. I was living in a field of guilt and shame all the time. The lowest vibrating emotions that can be felt, that was my everyday reality when I was 21 years old. In an abusive relationship with a man who raped me while we were dating, who beat me while we were dating, who forced me to sell drugs on the nights I didn't want to go. And to realize that there was a choice point. There was a choice point that happened. I remember it. There were so there were there have been so many, but there's one in particular 
that I can remember where he got physically abusive with me and I, and it was the first time. And I was like, Oh no, like that's my breaking point. Like I let him do so much all the way up to that. And then once that happened, I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm out. So I packed up to leave and I had this choice. Like, do I just pack up everything I own and move to a different place where I know no one and I have nothing and I have no connections and I have no family and I have no ties and I start my life over? Or do I keep repeating the same day over and over and over again, living with zero intention and just allowing life to happen to me as a victim to life? And I chose different. I chose pack up my car and drive to a place in the middle of the desert where you know no one, start your fucking life over. And it was literally the best choice of my life. The best, the best choice. The other day I was, someone said, how do I change my state? Like, I really want to change my, my state of being. What would you say is the fastest way to change my state? I'm like, literally pack up your car and change states. That's how, if you want to change your state, pack up your car and change states. Why? Because the environment that you're in, the habits, the routines, the ways of being, the things that you do over and over and over again habitually, and you don't even notice that it's your pattern anymore because it's so ingrained in your nervous system and it's so ingrained in the way that you operate. The fastest way to put a little stop in that is to just pack up your life and move somewhere where you have to literally figure everything out now and you have to reset. And now you get to choose to do it with intention. If you Mm -hmm. choose. Yeah. Some people pack up and move and then they go right back to the same thing. They recreate it all over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had I know a situation why, of picking up and leaving, leaving the country because I realized, and it wasn't even scary because staying was scarier. And it yeah. was a situation very similar to what you shared. And people, yeah. I remember asking, how are you so brave enough to leave? How did you do it? And it was like, yeah it was an activation inside that knew if I don't change my life, no one else will. And I felt backed up against the wall. But at the same time, once I turned around, I realized that it was just, the wall wasn't even real. It was just like a big projection of fear. Mm -hmm. It's always projection of fear into our field. We have an energetic field that goes around our body and it like can, can go as far as nine feet out from us. And so when you said, I feel your energy in the room, in every room, in every situation you're in, that's because I literally, before I walk into any room, any room, I close my eyes. What did I say before we got on this call? Give me five minutes. Because why? Because I want to breathe and meditate. That's right. And I do that before I walk into any important room. And one thing I've learned is every room is an important room. Mm. So I don't just do it sometimes. Before I walk into a friend's house, I close my eyes, even if it's for 10 seconds on the walk to the door. And I ask, what is the energy I'm wanting to bring into this space? What is the energy I'm choosing? Because I know that my energy field is fucking powerful. I know that when my energy field goes into a space, it can literally hijack the energy of the entire room. It can hijack the energy. If I'm in a shitty space, which really doesn't happen, it really, really rarely happens because I've just trained myself to not have that. It's not that I don't ever get sad or feel negative emotion. It's just that I don't let my energetic body hold that. I literally go into it. I process it all the way through. I process it all the way through when I feel it in the moment. I don't care where I am. I'll process rage in the middle of a fucking parking lot if I need to. Why? Because there's no point in holding on to that shit. 
all scream bloody murder in a parking lot into a towel or a blanket if that's what's needed in the moment so that my energy field can be clear when I walk into my next meeting. That's so but it powerful matters. to let yourself, Every, yeah, and you're so giving energy. yourself permission because I think that so many people have a fear of processing the emoji, emotion of fear, fear of it washing over them and taking over them. But the exact thing happens when we don't give ourselves permission to process it. Yeah, definitely. Can you speak more into your field and how we can be intentional with our energetic field? Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> So first off, I'll say this. I've learned that one of the things that keeps people from transformation is language. Because there's some people listening to this show right now that have heard us use words that they've never heard before. Field, quantum reality creation. And they're like, I don't know what that is. It's actually out of rapport with their like view of the world. They actually have not heard that word before, those words. And so they're questioning if it's even real as they listen to the show right now. And what I would encourage anyone who might be thinking that is just go do a little research after the show and look up the words that you didn't know, just like you used to do in school when you didn't know a word. Look up the word and find out what it means. Because you asked me, what is the field? Like, what is our energetic talk about our energetic field? I'm not an expert in this, by the way. I wouldn't claim to be an expert. I haven't been, I haven't been studying quantum physics for you know seven years and can claim mastery in this topic. However, I am a really dedicated and disciplined student when I find a practice that I know it feels resonant in my system. And so this year, I went to two 40-hour advanced Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats, which also lead in with about 20 hours of pre-work. So I did probably 60 hours of work twice this year, just this year alone, to do his two retreats. And then not including that then I took the information, assimilated the information, arranged the information in my own frame of the world, shift the languaging to match the way that I speak. And then I started doing two things. Number one, practice every single day. Meditation, energy center alignment, understanding my different energy centers, understanding how when my first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth energy center are all in alignment, that my energetic field, the field that runs out from my body, the waves of energy that come out from my physical being, that then my energetic field is now in alignment and in coherence. And one of the things that I've come to learn is that the person with the most coherent, energetic body is the person who has the most influence in any room. Co unconsciously, people don't know it. It's not like they're like, oh, look at that person. Their energetic body is in coherence. It's that our heart, when our heart and our brain connect and our heart and brain are synced up, there's this level of coherence that's happening in our system. And that coherence is felt in the field. So when you, when you talk to someone, you're like, I don't know what it is about that person, but I really liked them and I immediately trusted them. It's because their field is incoherence and because they trust themselves. Mm. Fully trust themselves. People, this, this last week, I've been noticing this like thing where it's like literally every person I meet is my best friend. Every 
single person, every single person. Someone goes, that person you were just talking to on the phone, that was the first time you guys ever talked. It sounded like you were best friends. I'm like, we are. Because when you treat every person as though they're your best friend and that's how you interact with them, life gets so easy. <laughs> this video game that we're all playing, it gets so game easy. <laughs> and whenever we can trust ourselves, it also makes it automatic to trust other people and decipher the energy of what we're magnetized towards and repelled from. Yeah. You know, like, and especially I, for the feminine, because it is the intelligence of our being. It's the intelligence of our body. I was, I was actually talking to a male friend last night. I was in the bath and I was like, Hey, I'm going to FaceTime you, but just a heads up. I'm in the bath <laughs> and we're like platonic friends. And, um, and we were talking and he was asking some questions around that. And I was like, I was like, the, the answer is not in your head. I was like, the answer is in your body and my body speaks to me so much more clear than your body does innately. So as much practice as it has taken me to get so clear on where exactly somatically in my body, I feel yes. And it's like right here and where in my body, I feel no. And it's right here at my throat to know that now with so much clarity where someone's like, Hey Amanda, would you like a drink of alcohol? I'll literally be like, Hey body, do you want a drink of alcohol? And my body will just answer. And that's my answer. 10 out of 10 times. Not what my mind wants, not what everyone else is doing, what my body wants. Hey, body, do you want to go for a walk or do you want to lift some weights? Okay, you just want to go for a walk today? Great, let's do that. The wisdom of the feminine body when allowed to be expressed and allowed to be felt and allowed to really be in its fullest expression. Oh, are you kidding me? It's a fucking portal. It's a portal to wherever souls come from. And they come into this earth through the feminine body. And then life is created through that portal. Are you kidding me? And you don't love your body. And you're picking your body apart every day. And you're saying all the things are wrong. And you're pointing out the cellulite. And you're pointing out the stretch marks. And you're doing all of that. Kelsey, that's something I really admire in you. Something that I've really seen in you. Is that. You have been on a journey of truly loving yourself exactly the way you are and the shape you are and the way that your body is created and not needing to make it significantly different or try to match or mirror what the culture and society says is quote unquote beautiful. And you just are yourself in your body, fully embodied. And that's such a gift to the planet. And it's such a gift to the women that get to receive leadership from you. Mm. Thank you. I received that. It makes me want to cry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's been intentional as well because it, it's that thing of I, I, don't, I don't, I can't even describe it exactly besides like, this is my home. Yeah. This is my home. My body's my home. And I, and I spent so many years creating an internal war that once I learned that all parts of me just wanted love and wants to be seen and wanted to be heard. And just like how you were talking about that, you'd ask your body what it needs. So much of my body needed to be seen and heard and honored in order for yeah. everything else to feel coherent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in order for it to, yeah. People think like, Oh, I, I need to change my body. So I'm going to like, pick out all the things that are wrong and talk about 
how shitty I look every day. And it's like, your body actually can't change that way. It's like Mm -hmm. speaking. It's like the, the, um, study that they did about speaking life into water or like speaking negative Mm -hmm. words into water, you know, and how it changed. Well, guess what your body is? Your body's literally 80% water. And you think when you speak negatively, it's not impacting every single cell in your body every day. It's affecting it. 100% it's affecting it. Mm -hmm. I feel like sensual movement has been such an important part of the practice for me is being able to close my eyes and just move my body. Um, I did it. I think, I don't remember if it was a retreat or if it was with a friend or what, but we, she had blindfolds and she's like, let's all put on these blindfolds and turn the lights down and dance. And I remember it was such an activating moment because I could feel judgment around approval from men literally leaving yeah. my body as this Ooh. outside thing that didn't belong. I was like, yeah. I didn't even know it was there until I felt it leave. Yeah. So good. So amazing. And probably a lot of like judgment of self too, you know, and oh, yeah. just like all the times that you so judged yourself or said, that you couldn't dance in a certain way or you needed to look like this or oh, whatever. Yeah. It was. My high school prom date telling me like, you're my date, but you better be practicing your dance moves. Like for the, you know, and me taking that in as, okay, like this yeah. need for approval and need to yeah. be validated. And so much of it was external. And like, I, I think that there is a, it is an ongoing practice. Like I believe in activations, but I also believe in the ongoing practice and the daily practice of it, of harnessing my own power. And it always is the heart is feeling that energy of the heart grow Mm -hmm. and take over. So the validation is not ever Mm -hmm. external. It's an internal thing of connecting to source. And like, that's Mm -hmm. why the spiritual connection is so important to me, because as much as I want to have unconditional love from the world around me, I can't be in the vibration of unconditional love until I tap into that myself through Mm -hmm. the eyes of source pure positive energy, nature. Like I use all the words interchangeable. Sometimes Yahweh and Lord really resonates. Sometimes God, sometimes mother nature, sometimes like just source energy. It's kind of funny. I feel like it's so creative that it gives us all these different ways to connect to the exact same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because again, it comes back down to language. People are so set in their language and they have so much trauma around the word God or Lord, or Jesus, or Yahweh, or whatever. Yeah. And so it's so important for you to just say, can I just connect to the infinite intelligence that created everything and call it whatever I want? So I'm the same way. I'm like, some days I'm literally doing a Tibetan Buddhist meditation. Like I went to a Tibetan Buddhist meditation retreat in Jerusalem. Well, in Tel Aviv, but like mm-hmm. in Israel. So I like went and saw the Western wall and went and walked through Jerusalem and then went to an eight day Tibetan Buddhist meditation retreat. And my friend asked me about it. Her and I grew up like in pretty Christian households. And she's like, I want to know about this. And I'm like, because here's what I realized. Here's what I've realized through my process of awakening. We are all one. That's it. Literally, that's it. We're all one. I am you, you are me, we are all fucking one. And so if we're going to create separation, if we're going to create, I am this, and so you are that, and so then we can't be friends, or and then we can't, but we don't believe the same thing, so then, no, like that doesn't solve the problem. It does not make, doesn't make this game of life easier. It does not make the planet better by being in separation. 
It's in realizing that we are one and connecting to that infinite intelligence, to the field that's there, that exists, that is so abundant, and all your needs are met, that all your needs are and will always be met. And once you start tapping into the frequencies of abundance and the frequency of bliss and ecstasy and joy and love as like your everyday reality, those are the frequencies that you actually tune to in the field. When I say tune to, what I mean is we talked about the energetic field earlier, right? It's like these waves coming off of your body. Well, if, you're, if you can consciously choose them, you can say, do I choose to have a wave of fear coming off my body or do I choose to have a wave of love coming off my body? Either way, people are going to feel your wave. They're going to feel your energy. They're going to feel your energy field as you walk into a space. But most people are unconsciously either living in fear or they don't even actually know. They're not living in any conscious choice. So what, what's actually happening is their body, their field, their energetic field is sourcing fear from the collective field of everyone who's so fucking afraid of COVID. Because the amount of fear that's been in the collective field, the collective consciousness for the last year and a half, because everyone's so afraid of death and is unwilling to just face death full head on. That's what it is. That's where all of this fear in the field is coming from. Fear of death. Want to know why I had zero fear in my system? I never once, never once did I attune to the frequency of fear in the last 18 months. I traveled 60 flights last year. 60. Why? Because I almost died once when I was 21. I almost died. And when you almost die and you cross over to the other side and you consciously choose to come back and I agreed, hey, yeah, I'm, I, hey, I'm, I am going to go back. Yep, I'm going to go back. Are you sure you still have more work to do on this planet? Yep, I'm going back. Okay, great. Then there's no fear because you realize you could be gone tomorrow anyways. So you can either live in fear and be gone tomorrow or you can live in love and be gone tomorrow. But either way, you could still be gone tomorrow. So why choose fear? Doesn't sound very fun. I choose love and I choose play and joy and I want to jump in this pool so bad right now. <laughs> it's like taunting me. I'm like going to leave. I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave you right here, Kelsey. And I'm going to go jump in the pool and I'll be right back. We can keep talking. We can keep talking. Oh my God. I love it so much. And you guys, you can't see the video, but like Amanda's in full force, her own personal energy and joy and bliss. She's literally naked right now doing this interview with me because that's what she felt like doing. And that's what her body asked. And so she honored that. And I just love it so much (laughs) because it's just this instant. I mean, it's uh, magnetic. It's this magnetic thing Mm. of allowing everyone else to feel this sense of freedom. So I'm not surprised that conversations around the body even came up because you are fully embraced and in love with your own being able to. I mean, I wasn't always, you know, I had implants room. I had my implants removed last November and I had had my implants done the first time when I was 23. And then I got them done again when I was 26. And I remember the second time I got them done, I got off the table and immediately when I like came out of surgery, I was like, fuck, I should have just gotten them taken out. I knew I should have, but I kept them in for another three years before I got them taken out. And now that they're out, I feel so good in my body. 
I'm like, why did I ever put those toxic plastic bags inside of me? Like, why was that ever a good idea? Why did the 23 year old version of Amanda that did not feel lovable and did not feel worthy without tits on her chest? What? Are you Mm. kidding me? How is Mm. that okay? Mm. How is that okay that our culture trains and entrains women to believe that they need fake boobs in order to be lovable? And I think so much of it is a subconscious, well, it's such a subconscious message that I don't even think certain people realize it's a message. Yeah, totally. Yep. It is. It's unconscious programming. It's it's Mm -hmm. unconscious programming runs 90% of your life. Unconscious, your unconscious pattern, the things you say and do over and over again, the things you attract run 95% of your everyday reality. Only 5% of everything you're doing is coming from your conscious mind. And so when I say the importance of meditation, like having, I've had a daily practice of meditation for a little over three years and I've been meditating since 2014. It's like seven years. So I can claim mastery in meditation now. Seven years I've been in the practice. I can claim mastery. I can teach meditation to anyone and I can help them drop into a deep state of slowed, you know, slow brain waves in a really, really, really short amount of time. Even someone who's says, oh, I can't meditate. I'm like, just watch here. Mm-hmm. Let's run some music and go. Because the power of realizing that with meditation, you actually start to become more aware, more conscious of your unconscious patterns, And you become more conscious of your unconscious thoughts that you repeat over and over and over again in your mind, in your, in your reality that you've been, you've actually been repeating them over and over again. Some of, some of us, since we were three, four, five, six, seven years old, Mm-hmm. And we don't even actually realize it anymore because it's become so, so connected to us. Um, but yet it's, uh, can I share one that, that I actually Please. process? Please. So I had a fucking crazy experience. I, so have you ever heard of like float tanks, like sensory, sensory deprivation tanks? Yes. I'm obsessed. Okay. So I started playing around with them in like 2015 And one of the things that I was intrigued by is the fact that because you're floating in like this super concentrated salt water and you have no gravity pull, no gravitational pull on your body, um, you, and you're suspended, your brain and your nervous system actually gets to like take a pause. And so it can allow you to drop into like a deep state of meditation a lot quicker. Like someone who's maybe been a meditator for 20 years or something can get like into a deep state of meditation quickly. But with, with floating, you can actually help people get there like in their first, second, third session. So as I started to play with this, I realized, wow, when I do this practice, when I, when I continue to meditate and then I I start throwing in this float tank therapy, what's happening is I'm dropping into such a deep state of trance or a deep state uh, of getting into my unconscious mind that I started to like see and become more aware of these patterns. And one of the patterns that I identified, oh man, was this a rough one. So from the age of 18 to the age of 28, basically once I became sexually active and started like dating, I was always literally for 10 years, I was always the other woman. Sometimes truly like dating a guy who 
like what would leave me and go back to his girlfriend because he was emotionally unavailable and still like was in love with her or dating a guy who like was a bodybuilder and loved his sport more than he would or was going to ever love me or quite literally you know being the other woman and being in the fair but it wasn't like I was consciously choosing that Kelsey it's not like I was like hey I really would like to have emotionally unavailable men hey, I really would love to um, attract an affair right now. That sounds like a great idea. Why don't I just do two of them back to back? That sounds like no pain and suffering. Let's just do that. No, I wasn't consciously choosing that. I was unconsciously attracting that into myself because of a pattern that I learned between the ages of three and seven. Because at the age of three, with my dad, my stepmom came into the picture. And when my stepmom came into the picture, I had to start competing for my dad's love. So at the age of three, four, five, six, seven, I learned, Amanda, if little Amanda wants love, you have to compete for it. If you want love, you have to compete for it. And so as soon as love started coming into my awareness and really started dropping into me around 18 years old, I was unconsciously, unconsciously, I was attracting competition in love every single time over and over again. I was always, if I want love, I have to be in competition for it. Competition with love feels normal. It feels like what I know. It feels like, yep. And so I did. And so I attracted it until one day I was in a float tank and I had this profound experience where I realized this whole thing where I was like, I saw myself literally, it was so wild, Kelsey. I haven't told this story to very many people. I was lying on my back. And I'm in the float tank and I see myself in this visualization, grab my heart out of my chest. And my heart was like this little black ball of soot. It just looked like ash or something. And I saw the very first partner that I had lost my virginity to. And I walked up to him. I looked at him in the eyes and with all the kindness that he could have possibly had, he looked at me and then he like gave me back this little piece of my heart. And then really rapidly over the course of like, I would say probably two or three minutes. I literally did that same thing with every partner that I had been sexually active with between the ages of 18 and 28. I saw myself go to them, look at them in the eyes in full presence, then like smile kindly at me. Like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you kind of a smile. And mm-hmm. then give me back a piece of my heart. And then at the end, I, I'm laying there in the float tank and all of a sudden, boom, my hands come to my chest, like super fast. They thump my chest. And I sit up and I'm like, whoa. And I, the, the heart had now been fully filled up and it was encrusted in rubies. And I put my heart back inside of myself fully whole. And I realized in that moment that one, if I keep making the pattern choice, now it's conscious. The pattern of, of compete for love, that pattern, I now know that. So if I keep choosing that, I'm now consciously choosing pain and suffering. When you bring the unconscious to the conscious, it's okay. You can still keep making a shitty decision. It's not like all your shitty decisions just go away or that you like all of a sudden are healed from making any sort of decision that's out of alignment. It's like, no, you now have, now you have conscious choice. Now you have the ability to actually choose. Now you're not just attracting this into your field unconsciously now it's conscious and now you get to choose that's empowerment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow 
What a fucking beautiful visualization and how beautiful too that the subconscious facilitated the healing. Cause it's not like you went into the float tank saying, okay, now it's time to recreate and put my heart back together and reclaim <laughs> all the pieces of me that I once gave away, you know, because how fucking gorgeous is that? And to be able yeah. to see it covered in rubies and be able to see that visual of just like this yeah. royalty of it all coming back together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of women listening to the show right now that have pieces of their heart that are flickered all around with people who didn't fucking deserve them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is they don't have to stay that way. Anyone can choose to go reclaim a part of themselves back and they can reclaim it and they can go, they can go take back what's rightfully theirs and feel the frequency of wholeness. the most important frequency I didn't actually feel it at the level that I did until last week I was getting this oh my gosh dude I'm going to introduce you to her whenever you have the chance to come down to San Diego huh I've never experienced a session like I experienced with that woman first she puts me in an acro yoga like an acro yoga um, cocoon Mm -hmm. and she's under me massaging me from underneath she's moving my body she's swaying me back and forth the amount of wholeness that I felt in my system, I just started bawling my eyes out. I felt so whole and so complete. Like I needed nothing. There was literally nothing outside of me that I needed. And once I felt that frequency, so much healing occurred in my body in that session because the frequency of healing, the frequency that heals our body is the frequency of wholeness. And so once I started tapping in, I mean, weird shit. Like I cut my finger and it's literally self-healing itself. I cut it like deep too. Like I should have probably needed to get stitches and it's just like self-healing itself. Why? Because my body is so right now in tune to the frequency of wholeness. What a gift. What a gift. And the thing about it is, is it's available to everyone. It's not like this is just a, oh, well, she's special. Well, look at her. She's special. She has all the, no, literally available to anyone who's listening should they consciously choose it. Yep. It's so beautiful that it is available to everyone and that it's going to look so different for each person too. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of it is creating the space for it. Mm. Cause something that I hear a lot from. Oh, you mean for for creating the reality that they want, like creating space for the reality that they want. Is that what you're saying? I'm yes. And creating space for the healing to occur by creating stillness. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think that, uh, our society is, um, overstimulated in a lot of ways and being able to create stillness and being able to create, creating quite literally in the schedule of like having space, sitting down to meditate, sitting down, making time to invest in things like that, because then the healing can come in, you know? So I'd love to hear like speaking on that a little bit of creating the space. You know how much space I have in my schedule for that? I literally have two hours every day. No questions asked. And this is just at a minimum that I call self source, self source. And that means this is time to connect to myself. And this is time to connect to my source. And this is not a time to connect to the other. Two hours at a minimum. But there's so many days that I spend five hours in being. Five hours. Literally, I will get a body work, like body work session, or I'll go do a float, or I will 
lay in the sand on the beach and do nothing. Or I will sit like this morning, I did a 40 minute infrared sauna session with a little, a little sacred tobacco ceremony in there. And then I stayed in there for like, yeah, 40 minutes. I did some cold plunge. I stretched, I danced, I moved my body. I just, I moved, I did some kettlebell swings. I just kind of did whatever my body wanted in the moment for like two hours straight. And what a gift that is because it's in that spaciousness. It's in that beingness and not doing that we activate our superpowers, women. If you are doing, you are not in your fucking superpower. Literally the other day I had the most profound experience I've ever had with a man. And I, I took a friend of mine on a, two friends of mine on a hot air balloon adventure a couple of mornings ago. I've always wanted to go hot air balloon riding. So I had looked it up and then my massage therapist that I just got introduced to here, he was, he was massaging me on Sunday night. And I said, what's one experience you've always wanted to do, but you've never done. And he was like hot air balloon riding. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I already had researched it. I had already found the company. It was like literally the thing I wanted to do. So I just booked it. And I, I literally, at the end of the night, I was like, I was like, what are you doing at three 30 AM on Tuesday? He just met me. He's like, uh, sleeping. <laughs> and I'm like, would it be okay? Would you want to go on like a really cool adventure? And so we went, but what I found was, is because he's so grounded in his own masculine energy and he knows how to hold the feminine in a really sacred way. He held such a profound, like rooted, grounded strength throughout the entire day. There were so many times where I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to worry about what time it was. I didn't have to worry about where my purse was. He was, he was grabbing it. If I left something, it was carried right to the next place that I went. It was so much attentiveness and so much attunement to the feminine, to this, like, cause I was also very expressed in my feminine. I was like upside down <laughs> in the basket of the, um, of the hot air balloon. I was like laying back, looking at the sky upside down in like full expression and that's actually what the masculine wants. They want that. They want their woman to like be doing that in the basket. They don't want them doing shit and taking photos. And no, I didn't take one photo the whole day. I didn't take one photo. I just let everyone else take photos of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. And then I was like, why do I take photos? That was so much more fun. Everyone, it was like, I just had paparazzi that day. I'm like, I, I choose that from now on. I choose presence full presence as much as possible. That was so much fun to be in full presence and full expression of the feminine and be so taken care of and be so held by the masculine and knew that like, I knew I didn't have anything to worry about. Those two guys, they had it under control. And what a gift that was, but it only comes that a level of the, that level of allowance comes from a, a consistent practice of receptivity. I've been in a consistent practice of laying as an open vessel saying, I'm here. What do you have to birth through me? I'm here. What's the next creation I'm meant to create in this world? I'm here, but I'm just going to sit here wide open as an, as an empty vessel. And I'm going to sit here day after day, after day, after day, after day. And I'm going to let go of things that are no longer serving me. I'm going to let go of clients. I'm going to let go of contracts. I'm going to let go of relationships. I'm going to create space and create room in this vessel and as I've been doing that, literally since the winter solstice, since mid-December, oh my gosh, it was so, so hard, such a hard year of, I shouldn't say that, it wasn't hard. Be careful of your language. I catch myself so fast now. 
It wasn't hard. It was absolutely beautiful. I laid for six months in receptivity. I meditated for some days, multiple hours per day. I did two of those advanced retreats with Dr. Joe. I spent two weeks in the jungle in Peru with zero technology, sat in four ayahuasca ceremonies, sat and listened and received. And the other day, someone asked me, what do you do? Like, what do you do? And I was like, it's a really good question. What do I do? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, wait a second. I'm like, can I have a minute? And they're like, yeah. And this is what I do. I like close my eyes and I go inside and I'm like, hey, Amanda, what do you actually do? Not like what you say you do when people ask you, but what is it that you actually do? And I was like, oh, I got it. And they're like, what? I was like, I sit and I listen really deeply every day. I sit and I listen really deeply every day. And then I express. That's all I do. I sit and I listen. And then I express, I listen and I express, I listen and I express. It's literally all I do now. I don't do email anymore. I don't do spreadsheets. I, I just won't. I won't do it. Why? Because I've noticed, even I've noticed 60 seconds. I can be 60 seconds into a task and I can watch my like, my like masculine feminine energy. And I can like watch this thing happen where my, like my, my magnetic, like light just goes, and I'm like, that was 60 seconds. So what I've started doing is if at all possible, if someone's around me that can help me, I've just been like, can you help me with this? And I literally hand my phone to my, to the friend that's next to me, to the guy that's next to me, whatever. Like right now I have a videographer that's doing a bunch of work with me and he's the best. I'll be like, Guillermo, I literally can't handle this right now. Can you please help me? And he just helps me and he takes care of it so beautifully. And it doesn't take him out of his gift because that's the masculine. Go do achieve, execute the task. Go do achieve, finish this task. Not me. That's not my magic. I've learned. It took me 32 years, four months and nine days. That was last Thursday. Mm. Mm-hmm. Until I realized it fully and wholly. Oh, wow. I am full. Oh, wow. I am full. Oh, wow. I am magnetic when I'm in my feminine essence, when I'm in fully embodied and moving. Oh, wow. When I do things that don't bring me joy and that literally suck my soul, all of my light goes away. Oh, wow. Option one, keep choosing that. Option two, choose different. <laughs> I get so serious sometimes. I'm like, no, but I'm it's like, so beautiful. It's perfect because it comes to because things that were coming to my mind is by you choosing to listen, express, listen, express, by you choosing to not do the things that drain you of your energy, it creates the space for those people and things and systems and, and opportunities and whatever to come in to support you and your willingness to say, I need help. Will you help me from mm -hmm. a place of knowing that that's how you can bring and hold the most power? Yeah. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. 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 And it, it's how it is such a, it's such a superpower. That's something I've been asking every person I meet lately, every single person I meet, doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter where I meet them. I'm going to ask my waiter tonight at the dinner I'm going to go to, excuse me, what's your superpower? And people are like, wait, <laughs> a lot of them say, I don't know. And I'm like, there's a problem. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't know what your superpower is, you can't use it. Yeah. So get to know yourself. You can't self, we talk about self-trust and then so, trusting source and then trusting other self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-awareness. Some of the practices that you teach in your program, like meditation and journaling and doing these, getting into nature, like some of these practices are so vital for self-awareness and awareness is the first step in all transformation. Mm -hmm. I have this framework that I teach that's called the five A's of transformation. And the first A is awareness. Can you have awareness? And then can you have acceptance, full fucking acceptance of no matter where you're at, not judging it, not making it wrong or bad, not adding the energetic frequency of guilt or shame onto any of it. Those two things have to happen first before you can move on to starting to create change, to choosing what is actually in alignment. What is in alignment? What is the actual truth of what's in alignment? And then start taking that aligned action and then receive the benefits of abundance at the end. Five A's, super simple. Step one, step one, awareness. Step two, have that awareness. Oh, wow, something needs to change. Can I accept it fully and wholly as it is? Zero judgment. Step three, alignment. What is my truth? Not what is everyone else's truth around me. What is my truth with a capital T about this exact situation I'm talking about? And then can I take aligned action to move me closer towards the vision that I ultimately want to create? And at the end, the reward is the abundance that's created. You just keep repeating that framework on any area of your life and anything you want to transform. I like how simple and direct and powerful that is. It's one of my jinkies. I'm learning to master. I'm learning to master my language and keep it very simple and very precise and very to the point. Well, you're doing a fucking great job. Thank you. You're doing a great job too. Thank you. It feels so like full body feels just through the conversation Mm -hmm. um and this is such a gift to be able to have and be able to share because that's something that just blows my mind about podcasting it gets me so excited is I'm like wow all growing up like this idea of being able to talk and connect and interview and ask questions it's been able for me being able to fully stand in my power of expression and curiosity and being inquisitive about the world around me but then it gets to live forever and anyone around the world can hear it too like that just yeah. gets me so excited yeah. I mean, this is so random but i did you, you remember AOL instant messenger yeah oh, of course what was your first username oh i don't you remember know I don't know. AOL Instant Messenger. What was my first? I don't know, but I've had the same email since high school. So I'm sure it was pretty, I'm sure it was pretty similar to what my email is, which is Mandy G 7777. But I've never gone by Mandy ever in my life. So I was like, why did I ever create that as an email? I just like wanted a nickname, but no one, that was not the nickname that anyone called me. So I'm pretty sure that was my AOL. So great. And it's like, Mandy, and that totally reminds me of like, you know, well, 777, you know, like abundance and all these things, but it's like this, maybe it's this sassy alter ego, like, or sassy (laughs) spirit guide. That's like, you get to use every once in a while. Mine was love to talk too much. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, well, talk about full embodiment of a younger version of me before I experienced 
judgment and things like that. And it's just so beautiful to be able to see because with the self-awareness and being able to observe, like for me, meditation is like being able to take a back seat and observe the whole orchestra of what's being played and the type of music that's being played, which is like how I'm living my life and things like that. Taking that back seat, um, learning how to observe the judgment and be like, wow, now and just, I love how you explained once it becomes conscious, then it can be chosen. And so anything that, isn't conscious up until that moment, we get to have complete love and forgiveness and acceptance of like, I didn't know then what I know now. And now that I yeah. know it, I get to be here. Cause yeah. I think there's uh, I know definitely for a lot of listeners of myself, it's this desire to want to know it all, to want to figure it out, to think that there's a right yeah. way and a wrong way, but really it's yeah. alignment and integrity mm-hmm. and expression and expression mm-hmm. looks different for each person. Mm-hmm. How would you describe self-love? Yeah. Just like that. Presence. Silence. Presence. Mm. I didn't need to say anything. I didn't need to do anything. I didn't need to be anything. Full presence and self-acceptance of the being that is right as it is, right in this current reality, right now in this moment. That's it. That's why I didn't say anything. Mm. (laughs) Beautiful. And I love the different thoughts that come up in the moment of silence, because in those moments of silence, we can see so much within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So important. Your soul speaks in whispers. So if you don't hear your soul, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I made a video once where it says the soul always comes in with a sexy whisper. Anything else is often a policeman at the door. (laughs) So true. Well, I'm so grateful for the space and for the wisdom and for the love that you have infused into who you are and into this conversation, Amanda. This Mm. is such a gift. This whole conversation Mm. is such a fucking gift. Mm, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me to be in the fullest expression of me. How thank can you, people come you, and you, play you, in your you. world? What does it look like for people to be able to experience <laughs> you and your energy? What does that look like? Is there a way? Well, yeah, there's a way. The best way is Instagram. And it's called Amanda's. Well, my, my, my handle is Amanda Goolsby Wellness. I think you'll probably link that up in the show notes. And my friends call it Amanda's magic carpet ride. So buckle up. You know, you'll never know what city I'm going to be in. In the next two weeks, I will be in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Who knows how many I'm going to drive through. 
and then like another country and another country. I'll be in like three countries and four cities in the next two weeks. I mean, never know. It's like, it's like, where it's like, where's Waldo? Finding me is like, where's Waldo? love yeah. it so much yeah so thanks for having me and mm, self-love doesn't have to be hard just choose it just choose it every day choose yourself every day wake up and say how would I treat myself today if I was completely fucking worthy and then do that would you put oil on your body would you sit would you massage yourself would you do some yoga would you go for a walk on the beach what would I do today if I was fully, 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 and wholly worthy? And then do that and watch your self-love just start to just expand and expand and expand until you have so much self-love. Once your self-love tank is full, then you have love for everyone else. Until then, you're not sourcing from overflow. You're not giving and serving. You're not loving from overflow. You're loving from lack. And that's scarcity. And the frequency of love and the frequency of scarcity are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So you've got to love yourself, fill yourself up first so you can go love and fill everyone else up. Thank you so much. Because I feel like the wisdom that you share is thousands and thousands of years old. And so it is. It is, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So it's a gift. It's a gift. And for everyone listening, you might need to go back and listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) And also I will say, and I'm, and I'm sure that for both of us, if things come up or questions, or you just want to express yourself, express your love or express things that you received from this episode, send us messages. We enjoy like a part of expression is being able to be in community. So reach out to Amanda, send her a message and say, hi. Um, if you received something profound from this conversation or just wanting to be in an expression of gratitude, um, for the time that she shared with us today, please go and do so. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I, this was so fun. This so was fun. so fun. I'm a yes to more naked podcast. Yeah, this is this was like probably <laughs> one of the most um, I would say fun and spicy interviews I've ever done. <laughs> I have I have a little spiciness in me sometimes. Yes, I love it so much. It's a lioness energy. It's a lioness energy. It's my Leo rising. That's just like my soul is a, is a lion. My soul is a lion. Everything else about me is like a boring little tree. And my soul is like, I'm going to show the world how to love themselves more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is such, it is, it is much needed. And I am so grateful that we got to meet in the mysterious vortex of Tulum. Um, Truth. And I love you. I love you too. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. Thank you to our host, or thank you to our guest, Amanda. I am your host, Kelsey, and I will see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.